racism is a public health crisis. It's easy to give lip service to something. It's much harder to change something. What's really critical is we do it right along the way. Dutank is proud to present Equity Insights. Hello, I'm Adam Kolaris, business designer and partner at Dutank. This is the first episode of Equity Insights, a podcast promoting equitable care in diverse communities across the country. In the coming months, we'll feature numerous healthcare leaders and discuss the future of equitable care. Our first guest is someone who this work would not have been possible without, Dr. David Ansel. Dr. Ansel, what's your role within the Commonwealth Fund grant? Well, I was, I suppose you would say I'm one of the progenitors of the Commonwealth grant. This idea arose uh, after George Floyd was murdered in a group of hospitals in Chicago, and we paused uh, one of our provider meetings to talk about what had happened and made this uh, statement that racism is a public health crisis. Uh, and then we decided, well, how do we hold ourselves accountable? And that led us to work with uh, the Civic Consulting Alliance, Oliver Weinman, a private consulting firm, and ultimately with uh, the Illinois Hospital Association, but particularly you, Adam, to come up with what would be an assessment. That's kind of my connection with it. Now, the Commonwealth uh, Fund graciously agreed uh, to fund this report. And so uh, here we are trying to both uh, test it and scale it. What are the ideal outcomes you would like to see in the DEI space at a national level? What we really need is both scale and measurable improvement. You know, like anything in quality improvement, uh, and I think this can be seen as under that sort of larger quality improvement umbrella. Uh, if you don't inspect it, you can't expect it. But particularly about racial inequities, it's really important to understand. It's easy to give lip service to something. It's much harder to change something if we get a thousand hospitals to participate in taking this progress report. That would be one measure of success, getting it to scale. And the other measure of success is begin to see uh, improvements in this. And uh, the last thing I'll say about this is these are long-standing inequities we're trying to eradicate. While we're in an, there's an urgency to get it done, what's really critical is we do it right along the way. So the patience, the deliberateness with it, the building the coalitions and the partnerships uh, are a critical part of our future success. What are the critical steps that must be taken in a quest towards equitable care for all? Well, one, I think the first piece is making it a strategy. That's a critical thing. And kind of if you don't move it up to the top of an organization's interest, it'll fall off. Number two, actually naming racism and other forms of historic exclusion as a root cause of poor health outcomes. Uh, you know, more black people die of preventable conditions for which healthcare could make a difference than white people, all 50 states, but then locally and within your own hospital, bringing it home, what does it mean here and how can we do better? So I think those two things are uh, really important. And you mentioned as well, sort of measurement frameworks. What does success look like? What are our goals? And our goals have to be across each one of those domains. And I guess we have you know a number of them, but to say across our organization, across our people, our patients and our community, and then with a particular attention to board makeup and leadership makeup. You know, those are things are all that can be observed and measured uh, and therefore improved. But they've got to be organizational level goals reporting up to the board. And, and I think that, you know, that's critical. 
What are the biggest obstacles and frustrations standing in the way of equitable care? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question. What I think, you know, just like we get patient experience feedback, which also one can look at by race, ethnicity, and language, and perceived discrimination. There's so many ways we can get feedback on our performance. But I also think is, you know, real community uh, voice on how is your organization viewed by the community and what are the things you'd like to see them improve on. Now, this could be done naturally through a community health needs assessment. And I don't think that the, these questions are often asked, but I do think that that's one way, uh, one way to do this because meaningful community engagement is different than running a diabetes fair, you know, once a year or twice a year. It's really about what does the community want from the institution? How can the institution help the community achieve its own uh, needs and goals? You've been in the space for decades. You've written books on it. You're an international leader when it comes to equitable outcomes. What is it about the climate of healthcare in 2022 that gives you the most hope that equitable care can be achieved in communities across the country? Well, what gives me the most hope is I think we came through COVID and lots of people's eyes were opened about how vastly inequitable not only our healthcare systems were, but our society. None of these things are new, of course, and COVID just planted its roots in the pre-existing crevices that defined our world and our society. Uh, the idea that the hospitals so quickly sort of adopted, many of them, not all of them, uh, you know, equity uh, as a strategy, the fact that some of the regulatory agencies now, the Joint Commission and CMS, are pushing this ahead, give hope that we're going to really take on something that's been sort of a giant, well-known gap in our uh, healthcare system for years and years. And that gives me that gives me uh, hope as well. Uh, and Adam, honestly, meeting along the way, meeting people like you uh, and the people who've been on your teams and really the enthusiasm in which, and, and you, you've embraced this in a, like an enthusiastic and a very straightforward way. That's a generational change. I see. Uh, and I'm really hopeful that moving ahead, that the next sort of generations of, you know, healthcare leaders, providers, quality improvement specialists, this will be second nature to them. I'll leave you on this note. At, at our institution, we have uh, weekly huddles about our major strategic uh, imperatives. I'm on the day of finance. And I say equity and finance should, are not either or. They're both and. We need both stable financial you know, underpinnings of our organizations, and we need health equity. But we all report, we both report out, we report on our percent local hire goal. It's one of many, many goals that we have, but we report out on that at our executive thing. And we uh, report on a percent of patients who've had SDOH screening. And I can tell you, when I was chief medical officer at Rush, these were nowhere on the board, big board. So it brings me hope because the small things sometimes are the are the big measures of change, right? It's, it's you know, you don't get to the sort of the city on the horizon, you know, without taking these small steps. And along the way, there are signals that this is the right path. And uh, th that brings me a lot of hope, too. It's like the, the generational hope, but also the observation that as we em embed these things into our daily work, we can see differences occurring, and it's very, uh, it's very rewarding. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Equity Insights. Special thanks to Dr. David Ansel and all of the partners that have made this work possible. Regardless of where you are in your equity journey, we encourage you to explore the Racial Equity and Healthcare Progress Report and engage in the resources available on the Hub. We'd love to hear from you about topic areas you'd like us to explore in upcoming episodes. Have something to contribute to the conversation? You could be featured on an upcoming episode of the Equity Insights Podcast.